Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is so good to be back here with you. So good to be back in this pulpit. So good to be here with the saints of St. Luke's. For those of you who don't know, just over a year ago, I finished my vicarage here, which is our pastoral internship. And that year was full of treasures that God had in store for me. Treasures of encouragement, treasures of building me up towards a more abundant life, more treasures than I could have imagined. And now that I'm not a vicar anymore, I feel safe in telling you this, but a little more than two years ago, I did not want to go on vicarage at all. <laughs> you see, at seminary, I had built these strong bonds. There were, there were people that I had gone to school with for six years. I had lived with my best friends just down the hall or down the street for six years. And I think that experience, the heartbreak of leaving those friends, kind of came to a point at one of our friends' weddings. They were getting married just two weeks before we came here on Vicarage. And I remember that was the moment we had to say goodbye to them for an entire year. Like we, we almost didn't know how to live our lives without those friends anymore, but we were saying goodbye to them. And it was such a heartbreaking experience. And I think my wife articulated it well as she pulled aside these two first-year seminarians and between sobs told them, get out while you still can, seminary's a trap. <laughs> But our God's a God who loves irony. And so he sends us here on Vicarage where we experience more treasures than we could have imagined. And our God really loves irony because one of those poor first-year seminarians that my wife told to get out, well, he ended up coming here a year after us. It was Vicar Joel. <laughs> but that's how our lives often are, isn't it? God has all of these treasures in store for us, but until we actually experience them, it's a mystery. And the treasures that God is moving us toward, even though he's moving us toward treasures, we are so focused on the pain of our present situation. That's exactly where we were before Vicarage. God had treasures in store and we were focused on the day-to-day -day pain of the loss of things that we had. Satan loves to make us focus on the pain of the day today. See, we know the promise. We know the promise of the treasures that God has in store for us. Eternal life, salvation, the forgiveness of sins. That's good stuff. But sometimes it gets so far away and it gets so distant and it gets so mysterious that it's almost too abstract to really feel in our day-to-day -day lives. And the devil loves it when we can focus on the day-to-day -day struggles, when we can focus on the divisions of our world, when we can focus instead of on the life that's coming, we can focus on the pain of death, we can focus on sickness instead of the healing of our Savior. And Satan loves to get us stuck in the divisions that he makes for us in the plausible arguments that, that reduce the complex stories of people who are hoping for the mysteries to come, that reduce these complex stories to simple stereotypes. 
That's what he's doing all around us. If you'll allow me to gently walk into a very sensitive topic, this recent Supreme Court decision has shown us so clearly the divisions of simple stereotypes in our world. As, as our world likes to take complex stories, like the story of maybe a poor girl who grew up in a Christian home. She grew up in a Christian church. She grew up hoping for the forgiveness of sins in Christ. But she made some mistakes. Maybe she had an extra marital pregnancy. And as she comes clean to, it, to her parents about it, they turn their backs. And her church turns her backs. And she's left confused and alone makes another decision that she's not proud of. The world wants to take that complex story, take a picture of her walking out of an abortion clinic and label it baby killer. Because they're on the wrong side of the dividing line, they look over to the other side, they see an unimaginable evil. And Satan wants us to focus on the evil rather than what God might do with it. So that when we focus on the evil, we identify with one or the other side of the dividing line. So that complex stories are reduced to simple stereotypes and a good God becomes just a little bit less credible. Or we're on the other side of the line. And we look over to a different complex story. Like the complex story you'll hear about in the offering today of Carolee. A woman who went through hardship, incredible, unimaginable hardship, who also had an extramarital pregnancy. But the community of the church came around her and gave her the courage to make the courageous decision to keep that baby. And after giving that baby up for adoption, she, she, she falls to her knees every night, pouring out her heart before God to those poor, confused, alone girls who are in a situation like hers. And this world and the devil can't wait to take a picture of a complex story like that at a pro-life rally, celebrating a Supreme Court decision and say, not all misogynists are men. And he divides us with plausible arguments, and the arguments are plausible because the complex stories have been reduced to simple stereotypes. He divides us so that we see the other side and focus on the evil that is at work in this present age through people like you and me, instead of focusing on the treasures. That's why Paul writes this letter to the Colossians. That's why he writes this section of the letter. And we've talked about this before. Paul has never seen the Colossians face to face. And we hear about the Laodiceans. Paul intends that the letter go to both of them. And you can see Laodicea isn't far from Colossae on the map. Paul is writing to these people that he doesn't know. Trusting that they are firm in the faith. Trusting that they haven't bought the plausible arguments. They haven't identified with one of the simple stereotypes. But they are hoping for the mystery. And he writes to them because he knows the plausible arguments will come. 
He gives us the reason in Colossians 2 verse 4. This I say to you so that you won't be deluded by the plausible arguments. So that you won't let the devil and the world reduce your identity to a simple stereotype. His goal is to encourage them. As he says in 2 verse 2, to encourage them away from the plausible arguments toward the knowledge of the mystery of God. That mystery of God is our entire lives as Christians. The mystery of God is the fuel for the fire. The mystery of God, he says here, is Christ. Which, which is really shorthand for what he tells us in the chapter before. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, the mystery of God is the end. And it isn't abstract, but it is distant. It is far away until Christ brings it to us. It is the new heavens and the new earth. It is life abundant. It is what Christ wins for us in his entire ministry and his death on the cross. It is the forgiveness of sins. It's the resurrection that he wins through his own resurrection. The mystery of God is the treasures of all of that. And right now, it's distant. Right now, it's behind the curtain. Right now, it's still a little bit mysterious. And even though Paul encourages us towards that knowledge, we never come to full knowledge of it until Jesus returns and pulls back the curtain. But even now, even now, he gives us a peek. A peek at the treasures of that mystery. The mystery which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. And as long as Christ is in you, he gives you a little foretaste of the treasures and tells you to focus on the treasures. Don't focus on the division. Don't focus on the evil, but live from the treasures backwards. An interesting little textual note is that when, G- when Paul says Christ in you, he's not talking about me and Jesus. It's not the singular you. It's the plural you, which I guess in English we could call that y'all. Christ in (laughs) y'all. So that when we gather together, and we are, in fact, bound together in love, we are encouraged towards this knowledge of the mystery because Christ is in us delivering his treasures. And that's Colossians 2, verse 3. The treasures. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge, knowing God intimately, the unimaginable grace we talk about. And it breaks into this place, even here and now. It breaks in through the Lord's Supper. As Christ comes down, we gather together and experience Christ in us, among us, here with us. It breaks in when we see baptisms happening on Sunday morning and new people brought to to become members of the body of Christ. It's here among us as as we hear the absolution, the forgiveness of sins proclaimed to us in the absolution, in the preaching of God's word. Christ is in us. And he's even in us when we leave this place. But we continue to gather together as Christians. He's in us as we continue to encourage one another. He is in us as our mediator between each other. 
Christ is in us delivering his treasures. It's an incredible grace. An incredible message of grace that Christ calls us by a different name than the world calls us. You see, the plausible arguments want to divide us. They want to call us Democrats and Republicans. They want to call us pro-choice or pro-life. They want us to take a side and look at the other side. But we as Christians are encouraging each other toward the knowledge of the mystery of God. Christ calls us his body. Christ calls us his church in whom he dwells. And he calls the world those people for whom he died. And Christ doesn't draw a dividing line, but a mission line between the church and the world. He draws people together, binding them together, not in our own human fragile love, but in his divine love binding us together and encouraging us toward the mystery, telling us not to identify with simple stereotypes, but with complex stories who are reaching forward toward the knowledge of the mystery of God. Until that day when Christ finally pulls back the curtain and we experience true humanity and the abundant life he's promised. Let us be bound together in love. Let us encourage one another toward that mystery because the plausible arguments are out there. I tried to make an opportunity for you to practice that this morning. If you have a chance to go over to the coffee fellowship today, I encourage you to do that because all of the time when we're at that coffee fellowship, we're being bound together in love. But even if you haven't been before, I I left some discussion questions there just to help us practice. Help us practice encouraging one another toward that mystery. Because that mystery is so worth it. It might feel abstract at times. It might feel far away. But God makes it tangible when we gather together. Christ is in you. When Christ is in you, he delivers his treasures. Amen.